Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Yarns on the Plane, Scratching the Itch. This episode will include on and off the needles, in the weaving shed, something I really like and upcoming events. So, hello, welcome back to returning listeners. If you're new, shuffle along everybody, make some room. I hope you're well and you're enjoying your crafting at the moment. It's Sunday the 26th of August. It's the bank holiday weekend here in the UK and that means that it is my last week of holiday but already it's being eaten into because I've got a couple of work meetings this week so real life is beginning to impinge which is hard. It's really hard. But don't listen to me. I'm just whinging and looking for some sympathy. Ignore me. Self-pity is horrible. Yuck. Anyway, this episode is called Scratching the Itch because, like a number of other people at the minute, um, other podcasters included, I am desperate to knit all the things, (laughs) which is the uh, title of episode 98 of Electric Sheep, if you haven't heard it. Hoxton uh, at Electric Sheep. I was listening to her show yesterday and she was just talking about how all of the new knitting magazines, both online and in print, have just triggered off this desperate urge of startitis with her. Well, I've got something similar, although with me it's not the new magazines that are out. It's simply that the end of the wool sack cushions are in sight. The final date for getting everything to the Finchley Finisters was last week, but actually mine are going to go to... Janet in Bedford and she's going to send them on. She's got 12 short for the bed, the Paralympians that stayed um, in Bedford for their training camps. So mine are going to go to her because they're not being taken down to London, these final 12 for a week or so. So, you know, everything is, is there, but the end is so close that all I can think about is what I want to make next. And I can't, I'm just, I'm running around. It's like a child in a sweet shop. I am running around all over the place. I'm looking at my queue, I'm looking at my stash, I'm looking at the stuff that I've bought in the fibre and clay closing down sale. Um, I'm looking at the stuff that I bought yesterday at the bluefaced.com show, which I wasn't going to go to because we were going away, but um, I found myself there anyway. (laughs) And I scored some stuff. (laughs) And so... I'm looking at, at this urge to do things. It's just terrible. I'm, I want to use one of the maker's bags of a variety of textured yarns in the same colour family to weave a Mobius scarf um, in Sari style. So I've signed up for a weave along with that. I have signed up for a knit along with I Make Guernsey for the colour affection shawl. Um, and I went and scored three gorgeous skeins of semi-precious by Baby Long Legs at Bluefaced yesterday. Um, one is a turquoise called Copper Oxide. One is a teal 
called Feel the Teal and one is a brilliant green called Esmeralda and they are just luscious and semi-precious, I've not knit with it but it's 50% silk, 50% um, superwash merino so it's got a gorgeous sheen so I'm just like ah. so I'm desperate to cast that on um, I am desperate to use some of the Lenpa linen I bought to crochet an Elsa by Amanda Perkins of the Natural Dye Studio I'm also realised that because I can't afford the Scheherazade, which the pattern calls for, because that's £23 a skein and I'd need seven skeins. That's why I'm I'm making you know, I'm making it out of Lemper linen because I thought it would be an interesting drape. Uh, fiddle the maths a bit because of it being a thicker yarn. But then I realised that I have an awful lot of unicorn yarn, which was a special one-off that the Natural Dye Studio and Fibre Spates did in 2009. And I have quite a lot of that now obviously it's not all the same color so it would be a bit of a multi colored but you know with the, a lot of them are toning colors so I think it will work really well so I'm very excited about that I couldn't resist uh, easy knits because <laughs> well, you know me I just love John's colors so I bought out of the splendor I bought some skeins of that in a charcoal gray that's also silk and um, a silk mix I think it's I can't remember it's it's 5545 I, I haven't got it with me and I can't remember the breakdown of which is the silk and which is the superwash blue face luster but it's got again a sheen it's it is similar to the semi-precious from baby long legs so it's all it's all just calling me but I am determined not to cast anything on until I have finished the very last wool sack cushion which is part of the on the needle section it is a circle design based on the circle socks by Anne Campbell and I'm knitting it in sheepfold clotted cream and I dyed two skeins of it so one's a pink and one's a, a pale blue so I'm striping those and it's making circles behind the cream um, that's knit between each band and that's really nice. Off the needles this week has been, well I've actually sewn the listener hand spun cushion together Hurrah! And I've finally knitted all the little squares for the front of the Make, Do and Mend cushion by Anna Elliott that I spun Gotland and Falkland for back in the spring and that's going to make a cushion with a back that was sent to me by the lovely Caro Trike. So it's all coming together and, you know, I'm over halfway through this final cushion so we've got a final push before I can knit and crochet and weave all the things and I just can't wait. And of course it's going to happen right as I get back to work. So I'm not going to be able to spend big chunks of time doing it. <laughs> but there we are. Never mind. I'll live. <laughs> Apologies for any background noise there may have been there. Um, that's the joy of recording a podcast when you're not in your own home. Last episode I included a section that I'd recorded whilst I was warping up my 32 inch loom to make a wool sack cushion and I've had some positive feedback from that section. This week we've got the section where I'm actually weaving the fabric and I've decided to christen this segment in the weaving shed.
So last time we warped the loom. Um, now I'm actually going to start weaving it. So I've got it set up on my stand, which means that I can move it around and not tied to having to work at the dining room table. And the first thing I do is put some strips of paper. I put the shed into the opposition. And um, because it's so wide, I can't actually use some of the strips that I've used in the past, so I'm actually using um, newspaper um, folded into thin strips. I put one strip of newspaper in and bring it down um, to where the knots are. Push it down with the shed, uh, with the heddle, put the heddle into the down shed and put the next one in. This looks very strange, but what it does, it's very difficult. You can't really weave um, on that first bit that you've tied onto the beam because obviously it's grouped together. So the warp threads are no longer parallel. So they're coming together into groups so that you wouldn't have an even weave down there. So it's effectively another piece of waste. So by putting in these bits of newspaper, I'm using some of that up. And hopefully, if I just push this down here, it'll mean that then I can quite quickly move onto the section of the weave, nearly can, um, where I can actually weave. So I'm going to put a third strip through. They're a bit thicker than the strips that I normally put in, but I'm not too worried. She says confidently, I'm confident I'll have enough warp. Yeah. I always panic. And even when I do a sort of over plan, I'm generally okay. So there's my third piece of newspaper in. Bring it down. Put the heddle back into the neutral position at the back um, because I am actually nearly um, at the point where I can weave with this. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to put some thread through. This is sort of some people use waste yarn. I'm I actually use what's going to be my selvage. I'm not too worried about it being um, waste yarn at all. It's not in this um, because I'm seaming it because I'm turning it into a cushion. I'm not actually worried about it. Um, needing a piece of waste yarn so that I've got even bits to tie a fringe when I take those out um, because I will actually be sewing this so um, I'm just winding some yarn onto the shuttle now I've always wound it over and over before but I read a, a little piece this week about winding it in a figure of eight over the end and that, that is easier so I'm going to give it a go and see if it is indeed easier So, what I'm using um, for the weft at the minute to start with, I am going to use some more of, there you are, there's a knot, that's a natural place to break it. I'm going to use some more of this 
Jacob that I had and I've just got room to just creep in the shuttle there just to get the first of waste spread and I think I can just about squeeze a shuttle back again and then I'll wind on. I'm leaving a thread hanging on the side because this is effectively waste yarn. I'm not, you know, being used as a salvage. I'm not too fretting about putting that back in straight. Now, what I've now got is I've now actually got those warp threads now evenly spaced. So I'm going to wind on so I need my piece of paper for winding this end on. Take the back break off. Actually, put that break on there. Put the, that break on again. This is where I'm discovering that the sofa might be a touch low. <laughs> Just going to weave a few rows plain. I don't need to have any worries about this being as sticky as the Herdwick and not forming a shed. It's not been a problem at all. This has been fat. And then each time I'm passing through, I'm sort of making a rainbow type shape with the yarn as I put it through. You don't want to put your weft straight across and then pull the heddle down because that will actually pull the salvages in um, more than you would want. So just a few. Oh, I'm going to have to get used to that. It's the first time I've woven it on the stand and I keep getting the weft caught around the break. <laughs> but I will no doubt get that sorted and get used to that. I see I'm doing it outside too. 
Okay, so I've now got a piece woven just plain at the side, and I think that will do quite nicely for my selvage. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to do use a technique that I've not used before. Um, it's a technique called clasped weft. Um, so what that means is that in the with the shed in the up position, I'm going to pass the shuttle through from right to left. I'm then going to catch a contrasting thread, and this is some um, thread that was. Um, this is some wool that was donated to me for wool sack. Um, and I'm going to catch that around that weft. And then without changing the shed, I'm going to bring the weft back part way across. Not full way, but just a little way. And it will catch contrasting colour and when I bring it down I'm not very good at, at doing this I've got a baggy bit on the side but you know all right I push it through again and this time I'll make more care to make sure that I haven't caught it <laughs> got a bag of it, catch that thread again and then send it back again to the other side without changing the shed and this time I'll pull it a little bit further and so it begins to make a pattern of um, contrast against the other, and I've deliberately chosen for my weft on the right hand side to be the same because I want these colours to pop, if you like, um, against the, the brown. So catch that glass weft again, bring it back. of my selvages because I'm not used to this technique so it's drawing my selvages in a little bit more than I would be used to um, but that's okay this is all about the learning so I will stop and take a photo now and then I'll pick up again when I've done some more I'm delighted to say that contrary to my worries I've had absolutely no problems forming a shed with this weaving with this Jacob the shed if you're not aware at all in weaving is the space that is formed when you move the heddle up and down the yarn that is in 
the slots obviously can move up and down as the heddle moves up and down and it stays in the same place because it can travel the whole length of the slot but the yarn that's through the holes is pushed down or pulled up with the heddle when the heddle moves. The space that these make between the two um, sets of threads, the threads that are through the slots and the threads that are through the holes is called the weaving shed and I have to say I'm quite pleased with this is made a very easy shed. There's been no problems at all, um, no stickiness. I haven't needed to go for the hair detangler. So I'm absolutely delighted um, that I've been able to work on it nice and comfortably. And that's really made the, the whole weaving process go very, very quickly. So I've been weaving now for a little while, off and on, during the last couple of days. And... I'm keeping a track of how much I've woven with a paper tape measure from IKEA. I'd like to take credit for this idea, but I can't. Um, Sue Christian from Our Guild, who is a professional weaver, she uses this on her four-shaft loom. She was using it when she demonstrated at Our Guild um, in the July meeting, and I just thought it was such a genius idea for keeping a track. So that's exactly what I've been doing. I've woven around 16 inches so far which bearing in mind I haven't done a great deal um, over the last couple of days is quite encouraging because that means that hopefully I'll be able to whack this off quite easily now um, during, and, and finish it on Saturday so that will be great um, but I just thought it would be interesting to just show you um, how I'm now keeping track of how much I've actually woven and what the weave structure is like. Some parts of it are a little bit open because I've got one of the yarns I'm using, or some of the yarns I'm using for the clasped weft are a little bit thinner. One that looked particularly thin, I've actually doubled it up, so I've got quite a few strands in the clasped weft. But I will take some photographs of it and then keep you posted. So in a very short space of time this morning, I've woven around about 13 inches on this uh, piece of cloth now. I've ended up doubling some of the coloured wool in the clasped weft just to make it um, match the the Jacob a little more. I do apologise now for the background noise. I, it's so warm in here I have to open the door and uh, I think there's a few crows around. <laughs> but I'm, it, it really is moving quite fast which is quite good because I actually want to get it finished today. The figure of eight winding on the stick shuttle as well has made a massive improvement. I just used to wind it over and over, um, end on, over end. But I read on a blog from someone who attends our guild that she winds a figure of eight. So if you imagine the stick shuttle, it's a long um, stick with a notch on either end. And she ties a knot on one end and puts it over one prong on the end of the stick shuttle. And then instead of wrapping it just round and round the stick shuttle... She makes a figure of eight on one side, so it figures of eight over to the other notch, and then figure of eight back round. That's made a big difference when I've actually been slightly running short of yarn. I've only just needed to slip it off the end of the notch rather than try and juggle it and pull it out and turn the whole thing through. Because when you're using a, a shuttle that is 26 inches... <laughs> It's quite difficult to do that. So 
it's been an absolute genius joy to be able to work with that so I'd like to just publicly say thank you to Dot who's an absolute star Dot from Yarn Maker magazine because that was her top tip and it's really really worked so I'm coming towards the end of my weaving now I've wound it fully on so the part where I wound the warp initially and lifted the yarn from the cone around the slat on the back beam is now fully extended so the string is fully extended through so it's just sitting just behind the second rest for my heddle kit. I have a small problem though. Do you remember we uh, I talked about how the table had moved slightly and therefore some of the threads were longer than the others. That has meant that actually I am possibly going to have a bit of a problem. My weaving is currently just over 36 inches long and I said I really needed at least 40. I can, there's not much space left now where I'm weaving it's right close up to the heddle. But I can actually move my heddle back and use the second heddle at the back so I can possibly squeeze a few more inches out. But it is making it rather close, shall we say. This could be a bit of a squeak. But this is what happens with the weaving. You see, you have to overestimate. And even though I thought I'd overestimated it, I obviously hadn't overestimated it enough. Either that or maybe I shouldn't have put um, the, the three strips of paper in at the front when I was um, getting ready for the weaving. But anyway, we're nearly there. Of course, what's happening is because the heddle is now so close to where the yarns are wrapped around that back beam, there's not much of a separation in some... When I put the heddle into the down position, there's actually a very small shed, so I'm having to pick my way through um, the shed each time. So it's slowing me down. But, you know, keep smiling. Can you, can you hear? I'm smiling. I'm smiling. But... Um, if you, you know, sort of listen now, you'll hear that actually everything is catching very slightly as I, I put it through. But I think we can get a few more passes through here. So I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. So I just having to use the prongs on the shuttle to just pick under all of the threads that are in the slots and can you hear how there's not much room there it's pulling on the, the threads as it passes through listen again also a problem because now I've put the pedal, I'm using the backrest for the up and down positions that actually means that I'm having to bring the heddle right over the front rest to be able to beat it, which is to push it down um, which is the action to bring it down um, towards the rest of the fabric but, you know, slowly we're getting there might be able to squeeze another couple of inches out Thank mm -hmm. you.
So that was in the weaving shed, and next time will be the final section, finishing off. Now on to something I really like. Those of you who do keep an eye on my Twitter feed, sporadic, but, you know, happens sometimes, may have noticed that this week I tweeted a picture of me seaming one of the cushions in front of some sheep. And that was because I was staying a couple of days in Devon. I took my mum and dad away to to a, a gorgeous place in Devon, just outside Clumpton, so not far from the M5. And it's within easy reach of both Dartmoor and Exmoor. And it's just absolutely beautiful. They are some luxury self-catering barn conversions, although they're actually provided as bed and breakfast so for the first morning you're there you get all the ingredients for a cooked breakfast and then the remainder of your stay um, you've got the use of the cereals in the properties the landlord provides you with bread and milk and a luxury hamper on arrival and they are just wonderful two gorgeous properties the smaller one is called honeysuckle hideaway which sleeps two plus there is a day bed um, that you can sleep some more in and Rose Retreat is the larger one and that's the one that we stayed in this time. I have stayed before in Honeysuckle Hideaway um, this is the first time I've stayed in Rose but mum and dad have stayed there before and the veranda when you get to it opens out literally onto the field of sheep that are maybe 15 foot away from you and so it was delightful of an evening they would make their way up to towards the property because that's where the feeding trough is and that's where they tended to sleep and so early in the morning you'd see them there still on the ground chewing a bit of cud and it was absolutely wonderful it's i just love it it's such a special special place um like i say five miles at most from the motorway but just so quiet out in the middle of nowhere and just so so lovely and such a lovely place to go and sit and relax and knit so my something I really like this week is the self-catering barn conversion properties at Dairy House just outside Columpton and you can find information on that at www.dairyhouse.biz b-i-z and I shall put the uh, link up in the show notes but it's just absolutely gorgeous if you do get a chance it is just superb finally upcoming events next weekend is the british wool weekend so that's saturday the first and sunday the second of september and that takes place at the Great Yorkshire Showground, Harrogate. Details are available on britishwool.net. The tickets cost £8 on the day. There are talks and workshops available, including talk by Sasha Kagan about her life in textiles, and Sue Blacker is doing a talk on selecting fleece for spinning. There are others available as well, and there's a whole host of retailers who obviously focuses on British wool um, and it's just 
you know, something to, to bear in mind. I think Wool Week must be coming up soon as well, mustn't it, if it's in September. But this is the British Wool Weekend and it's focusing on the use um, and supply of British wool. So I would heartily recommend going to that if you're in the, the north of England at the weekend. And that just about brings us to the end of this episode. So until next time. Take care, and thanks for listening. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there, or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com, or you can message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard. Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of Yarns on the Plain. Scratching the itch. This episode will include segments on called... This episode will include On and Off the Needles, In the Weaving Shed, Something I Really Like, and Upcoming Events. So, hello. Welcome back to Returning Listeners. If you're new, shuffle along everybody, make some room. I hope you... This one's going to need major editing.